Hello, SFFYA listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future, our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy, because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Jen Northington, I'm recording on August 12th, and today I'm talking about dragons because I feel like it. I just really want to talk about dragons, which I think is probably not going to be a surprise to anyone. I will say that when I was prepping for this little episode here, I was a little frustrated by how few space dragons there are. Like, why aren't there more dragons in science fiction. That seems like a huge oversight. There's the obvious ones, like Anne McCaffrey's Dragon Riders of Pern, but there's really not that much else, at least that I'm aware of or that anybody else was aware of when I went around asking. So this is my call for if you have a beloved sci-fi book that has dragons in it, please to send us an email about it so I can read it because I would really... Love that. Okay. All right. Enough of me babbling about what I don't have to recommend. Let's take a sponsor break and then I will talk about what I do have to recommend. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo. This is one I'm actually super excited about. I liked Lee Bardugo's other adult fantasy books. And so I'm really looking forward to this one. It's set in the Spanish Golden Age during a time of high stakes political intrigue and glittering wealth. It follows Luzia, a servant in the household of an impoverished Spanish nobleman who reveals a talent for little miracles. Her social climbing mistress demands Luzia use her gifts to win over Madrid's most powerful players. But what begins as simple amusement takes a dangerous turn. Luzia will need to use every bit of her wit and will to survive even the help of Guillén Santángel, an immortal familiar whose own secrets could prove deadly for them both. So The Familiar by Lee Bardugo is on sale now. And like I said, it's a must read of the season. It's perfect for anyone who loves history, a little bit of magic, a lot of danger. You can get your copy now at leebardugothefamiliar.com. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. So fantasy is obviously overflowing with dragons, like you could hit 16 dragons with a rock and then, you know, die a horrible fire-breathing death um, from any corner of fantasy. So when I was thinking about 
uh, trying to narrow down which dragons I was going to talk about from fantasy, I just decided to go with the ones who were most beloved to me as a kid and that are part of a series that I revisit as an adult. It's one of my comfort reads. It's Dealing with Dragons by Patricia Reed. That is the first in the Enchanted Forest Chronicles, of which I've read all of them. They're very enjoyable. They're very sweet. They're very fun. Super middle grade slash, you know, younger kid appropriate. There's really not anything super bad or scary that happens. Uh, The bad guys are all dealt with and the main characters are really fun. So in Dealing with Dragons, if you're not familiar, we're following Cimmerine, who is a princess in the like, you know, old school tomboy princess vein. These are, you know, the gender norms are a little dated in these, not going to lie. But she likes to, you know, sword fight and she also likes to bake and she doesn't care about protocol and she definitely doesn't want to marry a prince and her parents are like sort of befuddled by her. They're not like mean parents. They just are like a little frustrated by her insistence on not doing like protocol and etiquette and politics and all of those things that they want her to do. She's not she's not interested in that. So when it comes time for her to like, you know, do more princessy things, she's like, you know what? I'm going to run away and I'm going to go get quote unquote kidnapped by a dragon like I'm not a volunteer get kidnapped by a dragon because this is very expected in this fantasy world like all of the fantasy norms are in play princesses get kidnapped by dragons and then get rescued by princes and she's like I just want to get I just want to go live with a dragon like that sounds cool and so she does and the dragons in this series are so charming, y'all. I mean, the whole series is charming, but these dragons are so charming. They're like, they have allergies and they like Cherry's Jubilee and they need their libraries alphabetized. And like, you know, she finds this whole community of dragons and and their quote unquote kidnapped princesses. And it's such fun. Like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, man, I would totally be a librarian for a dragon. Like I would learn to bake Cherry's Jubilee for a dragon. Like this sounds amazing. And Samarine has all kinds of adventures because of this association with these dragons. So I just am the hugest fan of the like silly, fun, charming, thoughtful dragons in this series they are really a total delight this is a great summer series too um and like you know I guess Kazul is the most obvious choice to be my favorite dragon but I really what I love about this is the community of dragons and the way they interact with each other and the other people and beings in the stories like they're all really interesting and fun so again I've been talking about dealing with dragons by Patricia Reed And now let's talk about my science fiction slash fantasy pick, uh, because it is a blend of science fiction and fantasy. I didn't want to go with Anne McCaffrey. It's too obvious. It's too obvious. It's not that interesting. Uh, So instead, we're going to talk about Phoenix Extravagant by Yoon Ha Lee, which is a really interesting book, especially if you have read Lee's other works. Y'all know I'm just absolutely obsessed with... um, 
his series. Uh, oh my gosh, my brain is just by. It's a Friday when I'm recording, so my brain is a little. Anyway, it's completely different from the Nine Fox Gambit series. That's not what it's called, but that's the first book in it. Uh, it's it's much more sort of. Oh, what's the word I want to use? It's much more personal in a way. Like, not that there's not a lot of personality in the Nine Fox Game series, but it's such a big, sweeping, huge space opera. And this is a little more zoomed in. And like so many of our favorite heroes, we have a very reluctant hero in Phoenix Extravagant. Uh, Jebby is our main character and they're an artist. They are in a society which is like very oppressed by a government and they know that there's, you know, dissidents and conspiracies and probably atrocities have happened. But like they're not they're just trying to pay their rent. They're just trying to be they want to make art like they just want to live. They just want to live, which is relatable for sure. Uh, And they are out of work. They are sort of desperate. And they get approached by the Ministry of Armor from this oppressive government to do this job that involves painting these sigils that are sort of magic, that animate the automatons that power the government's army. So we've got this blend, right, of like maybe a little bit steampunky, but there is technology involved and we have some magic. And they, in the course of doing this job, when, again, they're really just trying to keep their head down, they're not trying to, like, do anything other than get paid, they discover some very horrifying things about this occupying government and the source of the pigments they use to make these magical sigils, um, sigils, excuse me, what is, how do words work? And so they end up stealing a dragon automaton and getting involved in trying to overthrow this government. And it is such an interesting relationship between Jebby and and Aradzi, who is the dragon automaton. And there's so many interesting questions. And, you know, it's Yunhali. Like, this book does go some dark places. But I do think it's lighter than the Nine Fox Gambit series. Machineries of Empire, that's what it's called. It's lighter than that series. But it, again, does go to some dark places. So, you know, know that going in. Like, you know, government oppression and um, murder and war crimes and all that jazz. But yeah, there's a really cool dragon in here. And again, you know, it's just so interesting to think about the functions that dragons have in science fiction and fantasy and the different ways that authors make them their own, right? The different ways that authors interpret this mythical creature that appears in a lot of different mythologies and cultures that has a lot of different attributes. Like there's so many different kinds of dragons in our traditions um, around the world and the different ways that people take those traditions and make them their own or the traditions of, you know, modern science fiction and fantasy and reinterpret them. It's just so cool, right? Like it's really cool to see authors playing with these creatures who are so iconic and yet so different depending on which ones you're looking at. Um, And I love the way that Lee has interpreted the dragon sort of idea and made it his own. I love Jebby. I just find him so I find them so relatable and so, you know, great to follow because I do like 
I mean, I love a bold hero who knows what they want and are going after it. But I also love one who's kind of like fumbling their way through things and like really is conflicted and doesn't know, didn't intend to get involved, doesn't know the right things to do. Like, I think we need all of those types of heroes. And I love that we get that kind with Jebby as well. So there's just a lot to love in these books. And yeah, if you need if you need some like tech slash fantasy dragons in your life. Phoenix Extravagant by Yoon Ha Lee is a great one to pick up. So that has been a little dive into dragons. I mean, we could truly do like a podcast that's just about dragons. (laughs) Note to self, someday make a podcast that's only about dragons. We could have years worth of, of stories and conversations about that. But for now, we'll settle for this little mini episode. I'm sure I'll revisit this again in the future. I'm sure we've talked about them in the past, and we will continue to do so. All right, so SFFYA is sound edited by Caitlin Brain. Many thanks to her for helping us sound great each and every episode. Thank you all, as always, for listening. You can email us at SFFYA at bookriot.com. Tell me your favorite dragons. Tell me your dragons in space. Always interested to hear. Uh, If you would also like to review us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify, we super appreciate that. Helps other book nerds and dragon fans to find the show. And speaking of finding us, you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Jen IRL, J-E-N-N-I-R-L, or on Instagram as I am Jen IRL, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.